Hola y bienvenidos a Super Caspros. Soy Jonathan, también conocido como Jono. I'm the dirty, ignorant American who does not know or know what a word was just said. And you can call me Zantuck or Lister. Each or whichever one, I don't really care right now. <laughs> Hi. Yes. Hello. Hello, my friend. Welcome to our podcast for the sixth time over. How are you feeling today? Confused like last time? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. How are we still doing these? How are people still listening? I'm confused. I don't know, but I'm I'm happy that they're still <laughs> listening, and I'm happy we're still recording, and I'm happy that we're on our second Smasher Dash episode. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But before we get into that, you may recall that we had a tiebreaker at the end of our first episode of Smasher Dash. We did. Mm -hmm. I was stuck on Balloon Fighter, and you on the Mock Rider. Yes, sir. And I do have results um, for a while. Um, it was a little sketchy because um, we had people reaching out over multiple different services and I had to collect all those. And <laughs> for a while, for a while, we just had a tiebreaker in our tiebreaker. Oh, God. We had uh, Balloon Fighter and Mock Rider were gridlocked seriously until a couple of days ago. So, with that said, approaching the tally, uh, if anyone wants to give a drum roll in their, in their hearts or their, or their minds, they can. Thank you. The winner of the tiebreaker is Mock Rider. By what, what's the vote distribution? The vote distribution are, there, there's been, there were seven votes, and there were four for Mock Rider and three for Balloon Fighter. All right. You know, here, mm -hmm. here's the funny thing about that, though. Uh, a few days after we recorded that episode, I was thinking about it a little more. By a few days, I mean, like, it might have been, like, a week or two later. I was actually thinking about mm -hmm. it, and I was like, you know what? Maybe if, if I think about it, maybe I do go Mock Rider on this. <laughs> Why? Why? Why is that? <laughs> I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't I don't really have a solid reason. I was just thinking about it in my mind. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. A lot of the Balloon Fighter <laughs> I was thinking of was my own personal bias. I'm thinking about playing as the characters I think I'll get a lot more frustrated playing as Balloon Fire than I would playing as Mark Like, I love Mega Man yeah. and Smash I love that he's there I, I, I'm i so happy about it I hope he never leaves Smash but god mm -hmm. damn is he frustrating to play as same yeah, with Duck agreed. Hunt I was, I was wishing Duck Hunt please be our retro rep for Smash 4 please you're the one that I want the most and we got Duck Hunt but I hate how he plays so much yeah that's true that's true uh balloon fighter would definitely be a technical character um and you you pitched a lot of uh your makeup and in, in your argument for balloon fighter uh from your very technical smash topia moveset he, he's very resource so, management heavy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it would be kind kind of olimar kind of kind of mega man but but uh in the end i would i would love for him to be in the game and funnily enough when we were going between mock rider and balloon fighter I did have that bias towards towards Mock Rider, but I tried to really lean into Balloon Fighter 2 because it would have been 
that tribute to Wada, as we we're saying, and Balloon Fighter is just a really uh, just speaks to a to the classic era of the NES more than Mockred, I think. Like Balloon Fighter is more ubiquitous. Yes, definitely. And, uh, so, and, and and he just has a classic design. Like it's charming to look at. Simple would fit in Smash really well, and I think that he really deserves to have a spot in in, in Smash. And you prove that he can work, so kudos to you on that. I would enjoy Balloon Fighter in the game, but I'm not going to lie, I'm happy Mock Rider won. <laughs> <laughs> of naturally, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, And Kelly brought up a good point, too. I think some of the bias, and definitely some of the popularity that Mock Rider has had in recent times, uh, comes from the Grinch League. Yeah, because it's just kind of toss Mock Rider on in there. Did, did like, you know... Oh, it's been, as of like when we're recording this now. It's like just been just barely over a year since Grinch Lake. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and we still don't really know how it all went down, and probably never will. No, we won't. So, considering that um, we'll probably get legal issues involved if they ever came out, all all, mm -hmm. all the details and intense things that they went with that. It's the most mm -hmm. well crafted leak of all time. In my opinion. And considering, I, I agree, and considering that that Grinch asset was leaked and was real, that was bizarre. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it almost makes you think the leaker works at Illumination. I mean, uh, they also had the whole little bit about how, hey, look, this we have evidence in here that's connecting to a real person that works in merchandising on LinkedIn. With the companies yeah. associated with uh, Grinch and Smash. It's like, what the fuck? Maybe Grinch will be uh, fighter number five. Nah, nah. Okay. We okay. we all know that fighter number five is going to be Aro Nadia. I would be okay with that. I thought you were going to say Chucky Finster and just keep this on a like a three episode streak, but nope. I appreciate that. <laughs> could be, could be. I, um, real yeah. talk. I have no idea right now who is fighter number five. That there's oh, a lot no. of great options, and I, I, I think whoever it is, whoever it is going to be, we're gonna enjoy. I agree. I agree. Um, it's it's an exciting time. Uh, speculation is just is just kind of the wild west right now. There's there's no say, really leading in any direction. Like uh, well, just colloquial wisdom would say, doom guy. There, but... certain people are making indication that they know who it is, but they're not revealing mm -hmm. the name yet. So it seems like it's known to certain individuals, but whether it's because they're not confident enough yet in their information, or they just won't, mm -hmm. they want to hold off a little to protect their source, who knows, but yep. I don't think it'll be that long yeah. before we really know. No, in fact, we're talking about it. It might be before this episode goes up. That's yeah, possible. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Um... I, I don't know who it's going to be at all, but I know who I want it to be, and I think we can agree on this. Gino Give. Gino Give. Never going to happen, though. Not for this one. Not, hopefully not this with those, uh Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, hopefully, there's, there's still hope. There's still hope. Okay, well, without further ado, though, Smasher Dash Part 2? Episode. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, well, Super Brothers episode six, Smasher Dash, Tetra, versus Ganon. You, beauty. 
Yes, sir. I guess I'll dive into the to the history of Tetra a little bit before we begin. Please do. Uh, Regale us with the first of these two Zelda possibilities. Yes, sir. I am excited to jump into Zelda. We've covered Mario with Waluigi. We've covered Pokemon with Gengar. Now we can give the other one of the big three their fair shake. And probably my personal favorite series of the three. Um, Wind Waker was one of my first Zelda games because, as you know, I'm a baby. That's true. Uh, so, so it was a. So I was what eight years old at the time, I think, two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, like third grade. Um, so I really did not have that blowback. I, I didn't experience the blowback that older people were having towards Wind Waker at the time for the uh, cell shaded graphics, which is funny because now it's become such a timeless design, and people constantly go back to Wind Waker and praise it for that, as opposed to uh, tearing it apart. Uh, nevertheless, though. Uh, Tetra is the leader of her uh, pirate gang. I believe that the only name they've ever officially had were Tetris Pirates. I mean, that's a little on the nose, but I guess it's to the point. Um, <laughs> and I think that before we go any further, we should say that there's just uh, there is a possibility that I mean, these are, these games are Wind Waker's over 15 years old, but there's still the possibility that you haven't played it, and it's such an iconic game that we just need to say there might be spoilers. There might be spoilers for Wind Waker or other titles in the Zelda series. So you might want to watch out. Yeah. Um, Pretty much spoilers for the Zelda franchise at whole moving forward. Although, specifically, uh, Wind Waker, obviously, Link to the Past coming up, and uh, mm -hmm. probably Ocarina of Time, or classic Zelda. Just, uh, yeah. if you care, maybe wait on this one. Yeah, and I would say a little bit of Phantom Hourglass too, for sure, um, because Tetra is a little relevant there still. So, in Wind Waker, though, that's where the crux of her story comes out. You're working with Tetra throughout the games. He helps you get break into the Forsaken Fortress near the beginning of the title, uh, after the Helmarok King is sent by Ganon to uh, to kidnap all of the young hair, the uh, young blonde girls throughout uh, what remains of Hyrule across the Great Sea. Um, at the at the very start of the game, uh, Tetra teams up with you. Her and a pirate group take you to the Forsaken Fortress, uh, shoot Link out in a barrel in one of the greatest sequences of all time, uh, into the Forsaken Fortress to find the Helmarok King, and to find Ganondorf, uh, and try to save his sister. Over time, all of that eventually happens. Well, with spoilers, um, and at the same time, Tetra's true identity is revealed. She is uh, the current incarnation of Zelda. <gasps> oh my gosh. A third Zelda shock... character? What? Yeah, shock and awe. Um, and, and at the end of the game, um, after everything has happened, with, basically in the epilogue, uh, she chooses to journey off with Link into lands unknown and keep her identity as Tetra because that's what she identifies with more and has become more comfortable with. So her and the pirates and Link set off and that's where Phantom Hourglass kicks off, uh, with the ghost ship and all. But she is a uh, really awesome iteration of Zelda who is uh, very headstrong and, and is a pirate. So what more is there to say? Great character. The only thing I would add to that is for that for those unaware, uh, Tetra is the Zelda for Toon Link. Mm -hmm. to Toon Link's design coming straight from Wind Waker. So it would really be so we would in effect have two reps from the Wind Waker game, or at least like Wind Waker slash Phantom Hourglass. 
Yeah. Which yeah. I really don't see a problem with. Zelda is a huge franchise. Agreed. And they can always change other characters' looks however the hell they want. Yeah, I do I do think it's more more important here that Tetra herself is a unique enough character to include as opposed to just being another Zelda. Like she's yeah. kind of, she kind of it uh steps over that line a little bit. It's not like having oh hey look, another link. It's more like Toy hey link? look, this this is Are you there? Uh, well to Toy Link, Wolf Link, <laughs> Wild Link, whatever the heck. But with the mm-hmm. Tetra it's more like, yeah, it's Zelda, but it's Zelda being a pirate, just like Sheik is. Yeah, it's Zelda, but it's Zelda being a ninja. Whereas yeah, it's Link, think... but it's Link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three times over, it's Link. Yeah, they, they, they really. One of my biggest wishes moving forward with Smash is please differentiate the links better, and I don't just mean design. Like let Toon Link use what use the tools that he's known for. Let Young Link use the tools yes, that he's please. known for. Let base link or whatever new design he's going to be based off of the next one let them use the tools more associated with them when when brawl link had the gale boomerang i was like awesome great he's differentiates him from the other links and then toon mm-hmm. link didn't even have fire bow that too that young link had it's like seriously seriously agreed and and, fi- and fire arrows are in wind waker so that was kind of dubious yeah um, and now, now we've got yeah. no more gale boomerang for real it's like god damn it seriously <laughs> i agree i agree make young link masks link for all i care yes please Mm-hmm. yep <sighs> but that's the dream much like how tetra would be another zelda rep on the other side of the coin we have ganon who would be another ganondorf rep for those of you like myself who are not super uh involved in the zelda franchise Maybe you played one or two of them. Probably Breath of the Wild. That's the only one I've really put serious time into. You may not know that Ganondorf wasn't originally Ganondorf. We only first saw Ganondorf in his human form in Ocarina of Time. We heard about him before then, but that was the very first time we ever saw the humanoid version of the character, who is a male member of the Gerudo race. Which is strange because there's only one male born every thousand years, which really makes you wonder how are the Gerudos still a race? It's <laughs> uh, not a question I really care to think about much. Point being, <laughs> way back before Ocarina Time ever existed, <clears throat> we had Ganon. Not Ganondorf, but just Ganon. And Ganon has mm-hmm. always looked like, well, to be blunt, a pig beast. <laughs> not not quite the beast you might be familiar with in uh, Breath of the Wild or Twilight Princess where it was known as Dark Beast Cannon. It's like this giant hulking uh, quadrupedal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead it was a, a bipedal very large blue fur pig face tusk snout. That, that was the Ganon of the original Zelda. Z- Zelda mm-hmm. 1 uh Adventure of, or A Link to the Past, uh, the Oracle yeah. Games, mm-hmm. uh, Force Wars Adventure, Link Between Worlds, uh, what, Link's, what's the Awakening. Second, Link's Awakening, what's the second one called? Uh, uh, Adventure of Link. Adventure of Link, thank you. Mm-hmm. And according to this, it also says that he's in regular Wind Waker, but I don't know that that's true. You'd have to tell me about that. Uh no yeah I, I didn't think it was it's just for some reason it lists him 
under a Wind Waker. I don't know why that is. I think it's if anything, it's a cameo. I can't recall off the top of my head. That's fair. Uh, mm-hmm. The the design in question for uh, for Pig Ganon, as I tend to call him, is I envision it more coming off of the A Link to the Past version, where he's got his trident in hand. It's got like a little skull motif on it. He he's big. He's blue. He's furry. And it looks like one swing of his punch would just knock you out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that. A Link to the Past was such a such a heavily influential title um, in in the series, and, and influenced so many other top down two uh, D adventure games for a long time coming. So to pull that Ganon out, especially when he had, he uh, appeared in that iteration twice, yep, uh, with between that and the Link Between Worlds is a good way to go. Uh, so you're thinking more like the official artwork of that because I'm I'm looking at it right now and that would be pretty cool. Yeah, the, the official good. artwork for uh, Link to the Past Ganon is what I tend to imagine when I think of how this character could look in Smash. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring it up right this second. Oh, cool, I got completely different image. Yeah. Okay, maybe not that artwork. There's... Ah, here we go. The big furry artwork. He, he's got, like, these mm-hmm. big red pauldrons on with spikes coming yeah. off the sides yeah. of them. Nice red cape, some good armor on his front, a basic-looking trident. In all honesty, but oh, actually, apparently this art I'm looking at is from the Oracle games, huh? Well, I've oh had yeah, that yeah. wrong this whole time. Apparently, I thought that was the link to the past game. My bad. If you want to pull it from the Oracle games, you always can, or you can always just pull a pull a Ridley slash Meta Ridley thing and just kind of pull the pull between designs a little bit, since. Uh... A Link to the Past is, is pretty reminiscent of his original appearance, just uh, updated a few notches. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, and I think, yeah. In mm-hmm. a state of realism, I think that's exactly what would happen with uh, Ganon being part of the Smash. I don't think he would necessarily look like any one design, because any of the one designs would be a bit of a rough uh, translation into 3D Smash. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. if you get the design... Like, I'm looking at the official art now for Link to the Past. That one... Mm, coming to Smash directly off that art, and nah, nah, no thank you. No thank you. It just doesn't work too well. But if they do mm-hmm. more like a mishmash of his different designs, kind of like what they've done with uh, with Snake, where he's more of a, a combination of uh, regular Solid Snake and Big Boss, that could work. Yeah. I think there's the, and mm-hmm. Link himself is like that. There's a couple other characters I think that are a bit more composite like that as well. Uh, Ganon would work best in that regards. But his whole yeah, character is basically, like, he, he is, he born a member of the Gerudo, but he has this other form to him, which is what you see uh, a lot, and I believe it's the destroyed timeline, I think? Like, he, he appears a so. lot in that timeline. I'm trying to look at it now, mm-hmm. yeah, the downfall timeline, which is where, uh, in Ocarina of Time, Link fails. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not even the child timeline or the adult timeline, but just, it's the timeline where... Link screwed up, and he died. Ganon won. Mm-hmm. That's what the timeline that kicks off Link to the Past, the Oracle Games, Link's Awakening, Link Between Worlds, and uh, original Legend of Zelda and the Adventure Link. All of those feature this pig Ganon as the enemy. Not Ganondorf. Just the pig Ganon. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge part of the uh, franchise's history. Whereas Tetra mm-hmm. is like this... Um, is, is an incredibly important piece to... Uh, uh, Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass, Pig Ganon itself covers an entire third plus of the franchise. Yeah, that he does. That he does. 
Um, so approaching approaching this angle of Tetra versus uh, Ganon, uh, just straight away, Ganon does have that home field advantage of having far more iconicity to the overall franchise than Tetra. Um, and he's been around a lot longer. On the overall, more people probably know his his uh, his name and his look, even though uh, Modern Testament would, would have it that we haven't seen Pig Ganon in this iteration all that much um, in recent years. Um, yeah, really just Breath of the Wild. Or not Breath of the Wild, mm -hmm. <laughs> dumbass. Um, Link Between Worlds. <laughs> I mean, we've technically seen Pig Ganon in Breath of mm -hmm. the Wild and in uh, Twilight Princess, but it was actually dark beast Ganon, where he looks more just like a gigantic, mindless beast. Yeah. While Krog yeah, and he, and he takes running on... around, and that's all it does. Mm -hmm. Like, cool. Awesome. That's not the yeah. Ganon we know. Yeah, and it's not the, uh, not, e not even the kind of Ganon that appears as the final boss in Ocarina of Time. Not the same thing, exactly. Yeah. And so, even, um... even the Ganon in that game, it's really just a phantom Ganon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tetra... Um, you know, to her credit, she is a notable character in the franchise, and I think, you know, just uh, she would be very warmly received just on that basis of, even though she's another Zelda, she would be more akin to Sheik, where you're playing as Sheik and you're not actively thinking, oh yeah, this is just another Zelda, like you're thinking, oh, this is just another Link. Um, so people would grasp onto that, and I think one thing that people are really uh, looking for out of their Zelda characters now is individuality, where people yeah. are even hoping for one-shot characters like Skull Kid, just because that that they're iconic to the series and they like Tetra is, and would offer something different than three links that are semi clones of each other. Yeah, that, that's the uh, yeah. uh, franchise as a whole. Zelda, a lot of people point to Metroid and <laughs> prior to uh, Ultimate Donkey Kong. But mm -hmm. Zelda is a franchise in Smash that really is not represented the way it should be. I, no, I don't have a problem no, with having not... multiple links if they fight differently, but mm -hmm. we have we had no new Zelda reps in Ultimate. Well, yet. There could still be one coming as DLC. Who knows? None mm -hmm. in Smash 4. And in Brawl, yeah, we got Toon Link at the cost of Young Link. So it's like, did we really get a new character? Eh, I mean, eh. yeah, but also no. We didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like it's like Sakura thinks that oh it needs to be one that has multiple appearances. We we don't I don't really think he thinks that way, but he's prioritizing mm -hmm. other franchises. It's like dude, please give Zelda something. You don't have to have a character Agreed. that's been in a lot of the games like Impa. It can be, it can be Skull Kid. It can be Vati. It can be Tetra. It can be Tingle. God, why? No, please stop that one. Midna. It could Midna. be Midna. It could be Midna. Yeah. It, uh, could it, even, could it could even be Lana from Hyrule Warriors. Mm hmm. It could be Groose or Linkle or uh, the. Uh, what's Sorry, his name? Hestu? Could oh, be God. Hestu. No. It, could, it could be uh, Uncle Rupiji. It could be Epona. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. But honestly, um, approaching this from the angle, it's it's hard to really... Tetra is a very strong character. I would love it if she were in the game. But for me, it's just difficult to approach this from a, and give her a fair shake when Ganon already has so much over her. And honestly, it's just so much more of a character that I've personally wanted for such a long time. Um, 
so because he can approach Ganon from the same from that same angle as Tetra. It's uh he is Ganondorf, but he is this totally other bestial form of Ganondorf. Like Ganondorf has won, he has fully seized the power of the Triforce and become this total embodiment of evil that yeah. is Pig Ganon. And it's uh so I would love Tetra in the game. Tetra's a character dear to my heart, uh, with Wind Waker being one of the first Zelda games that I really put my feet into. Uh, got my feet wet with with the franchise, but Ganon. Ganon would be badass. That's, I I if I'm choosing it from here, I would probably opt for Ganon. Those are my thoughts anyway. I do not deny that Ganon would be badass. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think <laughs> Tetra would be any worse of a choice. Honestly, oh no. If if I'm looking at things as far as like who are the best Zelda reps to be added to Smash, Ganon's up mm-hmm. there, and I think Tetra is too. The the only Agreed. problem with Tetra is that um, without looking at Hyrule Warriors, there's not much to really pull from directly from the source material for what she can do. I mean, mm-hmm. we know she has a Cutlass. She's got a flintlock pistol mm-hmm. that shoots apparently mm-hmm. water bullets. I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah. Whatever yeah. that makes sense <laughs> in some way, I'm sure somehow. <laughs> but um, so so it's basically it's like okay, so we've got Zelda, but with a gun and a sword. Mm-hmm. Oh no, more enemy sword fighters! Woo! Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! All, yeah. all you people yeah. go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do. Here's what you do with Tetra. First of all, pull from Hyrule Warriors. First of all, mm-hmm. but second of all. Mm-hmm. Lean in hard to the pirate design. Agreed. That that's what she is. She's a pirate. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. there might not be a lot of source material, but there is a lot of pirate history and other pirate media that you can pull from to really build on Tetra as a character. Well, well, maybe not Pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe you can get her a dragon killing ballista. Okay, no, definitely not. Oh, I can't remember his name now because I hate him so much. You're on Greyjoy. You're on Greyjoy. Screw you're on Greyjoy. First of all, <laughs> second of all, screw you're on Greyjoy. Goddamn, what an awful waste of space. But yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily have to always, I, which I, you don't have to always pull from the source material to make most set for a character. I know that's the primary thing that I do when I'm making things, but sometimes you take a template, you take a concept, you take something historical, and it's like, okay, this character is pirate. They don't do much in the game, but they pirate. Make them mm-hmm. pirate. Go hard. Yeah. Give let them let them go nuts with the cutlass. Let them be firing off things with the flintlock pistol. Give them a damn anchor. Let them use a cannon for something. You can go so interesting with a pirate fighting style. She, I don't know if she fights actually in um, uh, Wind Waker. Obviously, she doesn't Hyrule Warriors. I don't know if they actually base any kind of real fighting style off her. But analyze, mm-hmm. or maybe analyze, probably the wrong. But like research uh, how pirates have typically fought in in uh, media's or history. Give her that swagger fighting style. It would look so good. I want it. It would. It would. And even if we don't get Tetra as a pirate one day, hey, you know what, <coughs> Captain Syrup. There's other pirates. Nintendo, please. Mm-hmm. Goddamn pirate and smash. Pirate Jigglypuff? Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, and because we're, because you're touching on moveset potential, too, I wanted to 
loop back into something we did on Smashtopia, the the wiki a while ago, uh, collaborated on the Ganon and Ganondorf movesets. We did. So uh, so for Ganon, what we had for his uh, his we're kind of going for the balloon fighter rundown real quick here. Uh, Ganon's standard special. Uh, he he leans into his classic nature as a character. So we're we're putting a lot of credence into a link to the past and Zelda one with this with this kind of uh, move set. And I think that that stands true to the design. So we're good. Um, so standard special is uh, summoning fire keys, and you know we pull from the boss battles a lot too. And uh, Let's see. With his trident raised, three fiery orbs will surround themselves around Ganon's body. Uh, these orbs can be used as a defensive measure, blocking melee and projectile attacks. Uh, and over a certain amount... Oh, with the second press of the special button, the fireballs will turn into fire keys, and then they'll fly forward, uh, similar in a sense to uh, to Mega Man's down special, which I can't recall the name of right this uh, second. Leaf Tornado. Yeah, no, Leaf, leaf tornado. Shield. What the hell Leaf Shield. Leaf Tornado <laughs> Leaf shield. Wow. Yep. Side special might not sound that exciting at first, but remember, uh, it's a trident toss, but remember that we're the same guys who get really excited over King K. Rool throwing a crown. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he'll he'll get into a launching position similar to like how a soldier in Fire Emblem will toss a javelin, and he'll give his trident a mighty throw, um, and it'll twirl twor uh, forward in a, in a circular motion, uh, and go on that arc forwards and backwards back towards him uh, in a sense similar to how he tosses it in A Link to the Past. Um, let's see. It can also be shifted around a 180-degree axis uh, like Pitt's arrow, so you can toss it forwards, upwards, or downwards in, in a diagonal arc. So uh, so it offers itself well to a strategizing uh, basis defensive, defensive move. Uh, up special, shockwave jump, Similar to King Day to Day, he jumps up into the air. You can send him here or there, and then he jumps down. And he'll send a shockwave forward, uh, similar to like how Ike or the Black Knight will send shockwaves from their legendary swords and Fire Emblem. Uh, that will move forward a little bit, and if they can be sunken into the ground, if they're if they're hit by the shockwave, travels out maybe a Kirby and a half or so. Uh, he can summon lightning with his down special, uh, tossing his cape in one direction, twirling it over his shoulder and keeping it lifted while he cackles delightfully. And then uh, lightning will come crashing down in front of him and uh, it'll have a slight diagonal trajectory uh, so that way it'll it'll be different from Pikachu's uh, enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that's that twirling it over his shoulder and cackling, that is so classic and, and so so drawn from the titles that I'm excited about that final smash is uh summoning his army you know we have ganondorf is is uh and ganon and ganondorf are both um well they're the same character so of course but they're in charge of this great army of darkness and evil that uh that you never really see fully mobilized in a singular area in the games like uh helping him out except for hyrule warriors of course um so this would be taking advantage of that and and having moblins fly forward onto the stage uh, like a run of the bulls where they're making contact with throwing spears at opponents and just moving forward in a way that can get them uh, trapped in their path and that that's Ganon uh, honestly uh, now that you frame Tetra um, with, with pulling from pirate material 
uh, that's that's to her benefit. Pulling from all of these separate pirate-based medias and pulling from Hyrule Warriors will give her an incredible basis to develop a phenomenal moveset off of. Ganon, great moveset for what it is, but you know that we're pulling from the classic Zelda games for a classic Zelda character. And if it, if we didn't make this moveset that is partially derivative of many other characters, then there wouldn't have been a whole lot more to go off of for the design. To, to her credit with that moveset as well, it wasn't just a moveset mm-hmm. of Pig Ganon itself. It was mm-hmm. a uh, Zelda Sheik-like moveset that would swap between Ganondorf and Pig Ganon with the use mm-hmm. of the extra skill. Yeah, yeah, it was. And if we're if we're taking extra skills into account, then that's a that's a good benefit. Or even even just nixing something like lightning and, and get, making that a down special in Smash proper if they were to bring back transformations one day, which I'm not really sure if they ever will. Yeah. Honestly, um, if we're talking about reality of Smash, so no extra skill involved, and mm-hmm. Ganon is his own character distinct from Ganondorf, I well, or is a transformation, either or. I could see the uh, the lightning move as the final Smash. That could be true, too. Could be true, too. Um, But I think, uh, I don't know, are, are there any other points you'd like to make regarding Tetra or Ganon at, at this time? And just... Uh... The the only thing I would say in regards to both of them is that both of these characters are huge to the Zelda franchise. Yes, mm-hmm. Tetra is only in two of the games, not counting spinoffs like Hyrule Warriors, but she has a huge impact. She's she's popular. She's pirate, mm-hmm. and she she is Zelda. So technically, she's always been around. It's just this is one incarnation of her. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. with Pig Ganon. G- Ganon Ganondorf, unlike the Lynx and Zeldas who are reincarnated every so often, it's always been the same Ganondorf. Mm-hmm. It's always been the same character. He he was he he's more or less a reincarnation of Demise from Skyward Sword, assuming mm-hmm. I'm recalling that correctly. But after yeah. that reincarnation, yeah. it has always been the same character, living for thousands upon thousands of years, sometimes being imprisoned in the sacred realm or being killed and then being revived later but it's still the same person mm-hmm. all the time and it's yeah. just depending yeah. on what form they're in what their plot is what attacks they have i think typically speaking pig Ganon usually has around the same attacks as itself in each of its appearances mm-hmm. but if i'm honest like i said before the only uh, zelda game i put serious hours into was breath of the wild so i can't yeah. really answer that for certain but no, you're either right. one of these characters I would be more than happy to have in Smash. I I'd love both, but mm-hmm. with Smash or Dash, we can only pick one. Yeah, I would love both myself. Um, I agree with with all of what you said to wrap up. Don't have a whole lot else to add myself. So I think we we're kind of coming to this point where the apex of the of the matchup. Maybe we should make our decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So um, who should go first? I, 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 are, are you in the middle? Are you wavering or do you have your lean? I would say that I, I, I am wavering a little bit, but I'm, I have my lane. Okay. I'll go ahead and go first then. Mm-hmm. While I would love to have both of these characters, what well, one of them, I would say I want a lot more, partly because of who they are, partly because of the moveset. But largely because, goddamn, if we can have two Zeldas and three Links, 
then we can have two Ganondorfs. So give me pick Ganon. There's not going to be another tiebreaker this time around. Oh. I choose pick Ganon too. All right. What's your reasoning? Mm -hmm. Just, just the honestly, it's it's nostalgia primarily. I mean, I can I can admit I'm biased towards the character because if we're saying that. Tetra has all of this moveset potential. I mean, in all honesty, there's there's more to work with her than than Pig Ganon. That's but true. Having, but having Ganon in the game in that design um, is just too much to pass up. Seeing Ganon playable in Smash in this form would be very much akin to seeing King K. Rule revealed for the first time in Ultimate. Or Ridley. Or Ridley, and you know how I, I uh, you know how nuts I was during that King K. Rule reveal. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just it's just hype. It's just wanting to see that in the game. I would love both of them. I would love a lot of Zelda characters that are in the game right now, but I choose Ganon. Very well. Mm -hmm. Ganon and Smash. Let's do it. Oh wait, we already did. <laughs> Yeah, on Smashtopia too. So we'll I'll add the uh, Ganon and, and Ganondorf submissions from Smashtopia to this episode in the description box on YouTube. And if you're listening over Spotify or anything else, just look it up on Google uh, Smashtopia Ganon, you'll find it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I just found it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So on to our next matchup then. Uh, so matchup. Number two. Yes, sir? For, for this match, for our previous match, we had two big icons of the Zelda reps. And in our first uh, Smash Bros. episode, we had uh, two retro reps. And <clears throat> is it bad if I'm blanking on who our other matchup was in the first episode? It was Octoling and Tom Nook and Mock Rider and Balloon Fighter. Thank you. So so our first episode had two characters that would be considered retro reps, two characters that uh, would be semi-clones. Now we've just done two huge Zelda reps. And for our fourth Smash Dash pair, we have yet another completely different category of characters. Characters Chucky from Finster. franchises that have not oh. yet had a playable character in Smash. Mm-hmm. And they're both Ribbon franchises Girl. that are... Oh. Okay, well, you know, jump the gun on me there. Little. I was going to, you know, build up the tease just a little bit more. Uh, but both these franchises, though, they're both uh, more... <laughs> more recent uh, additions to the Nintendo lineup. One is a little bit older than the other, but one first appeared on the Switch. They're both mm -hmm. uh, not your typical game. We, we've got the rhythm game with Rhythm, with rhythm Heaven, but we've also got the uh, arena punching fighter game uh, that is ARMS. Mm -hmm. Neither one of these games necessarily has like a main character, so we kind of chose characters that we felt was closer to a primary in terms of like promotional material and who's who's a little bit more of a face. But if I'm being honest, a lot of this matchup is going to be discussed on what could the mechanics from each game bring to Smash as far as a fighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. So who do we so, have from uh, from Rhythm Heaven to talk about? We have Marshall from Rhythm Heaven, and who do we have from Arms to talk about? As if I didn't already say it. Yeah, as if you didn't already say that it would be Ribbon Girl, not Spring Man, because, well, if we, it, let's be real, if we're going to get an arms rep, it's going to be one of the two. And if we had to get an arms rep, can we please pick the one that looks less boring? Agreed. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so touching touching on Marshall's history a bit, uh, there's, there's not all that much to it, to be honest. Marshall looks pretty similar to uh, characters who have been heavily rumored for Smash and Smashborn Ultimate, if you might recall. Uh, the Chorus Kids. Um, and so the, the design is quite derivative, except Marshall's a singular character. And uh, honestly, don't know why there if there's any sort of correlation at all because as far as i know they never quite cross paths in in rhythm heaven either um maybe the more so species. that's true maybe uh marshall actually fun fact um according to some sort of japanese encyclopedia the source of marshall's name uh comes from not him being some sort of prominent figure in, in the title, which which he is. He does appear um, during Rhythm Test, which is kind of the tutorial mode of, of Rhythm Heaven games and, and Fever and Mega Mix, and he's become a face on, on the cover of Rhythm Heaven, the title screens of Rhythm Heaven. So that's kind of why we chose him for this matchup, because he's the ubiquitous face of the series, even though there's not really anyone that can take on that full main character uh, position. So um, it wasn't because of that at all, though. So he's, it's not because he's the marshal of his craft. He is named Marshall because he looks like a marshmallow. <laughs> Which is funny because apparently his Japanese name... Is Matt. Yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> Japanese name is Marsh, but it's Matt in one game. Which is like, okay, Matt Matt doesn't look like a mar- doesn't sound like a marshmallow at all. What? <laughs> I have a few friends named Matt. I'll ask them what they think about that. Um, address some Christmas cards this year to Marshmallow. Um, okay. <laughs> Dear so Marshmallow he... Matt, how are you? <laughs> have you been playing um, the Rhythm Heavens lately? I am not kidding. That's exactly how I'm going to start a greeting to, to my friend Matt now. Anyway, um, <laughs> Marshall's... Uh, Taken straight from the Rhythm Heaven wiki, just for the heck of it. Uh, Marshall's main role is greeting the player at the beginning of the game and explaining the rules of the game. So he's the first character in Rhythm Heaven Fever and Mega Mix that you meet. So that's uh, that takes you a long way, and that's kind of where we where we uh, again decided on the role. But there's not a whole lot more to Marshall than that, to be quite honest. Um, it's more from what can he offer to Smash as a as a playable character uh, with his move set and and with other parts of his his uh his build as a playable character in the game uh so i have some thoughts i'm marshall is a character i've wanted for a long time i would say since the beginning of smash wars development cycle and what was first revealed at the very least when we were speculating about it early on i was thinking hey rhythm heaven would be good and especially when we got into that whole idea of there's a rhythm heaven enemy in uh where what is the name of the game uh, uh smash, smash run? run smash run it's a sneaky spirit yeah. Yeah, the sneaky spirits in Smash Run. So we thought, oh, there's a Rhythm Heaven enemy in there. Shouldn't there be a Rhythm Heaven character? That's where the Chorus it's... Kid rumor cropped up with Gamatsu. Plus, the yeah. sneaky spirit, uh, not counting the Polar Bear, which came from the Ice Clamor game, but the sneaky spirit mm-hmm. is the only uh, enemy in Smash Run to come up from a franchise that does not have a playable rep in Smash. Period. Yeah. So, so to that end, I do think it was probably highly likely that Chorus Kids or Marshall, because he looks so much like Chorus Kids, were... One of those were being developed at a time for Smash. I'm not sure why they were ever removed, but I'm pr- that rumor has a lot of a lot of legitimacy to it. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, so around that time, I was thinking, oh, hey, Marshall would be easier to implement than Chorus Kids because it's just a solo character. Chorus and Chorus Kids really just appear in a couple of a couple of mini games throughout the series. They're they're very notable uh, characters, and I remember playing demos for them Heaven when it first came to the West. And Chorus Kids were like the first mini game you'd play in the demo, so they have their 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 lot for fame as well, and 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 legitimacy in getting to, into Smash. But um, so we're talking about Marshall, and Marshall, uh, I would imagine, uh, coming from a rhythm game, coming from the developers of WarioWare, it, he's going to have a bit of a random element to him. He's going to be a WTF character, if you will, like WFT, um, <laughs> and, and, and the like. Yep. So, um, and it's always interesting uh, approaching this from the angle of Marshall is from Rhythm Heaven. Rhythm Heaven is a rhythm game. It's a music game. Uh, you, you ever, all the mini games are about keeping to a certain beat to get by. How do you incorporate that mechanic into Smash? It's not necessarily needed with every character, but I think with a rhythmic character known for rhythmic gameplay, that needs to be involved in some way. Absolutely. Um, so I was thinking about this, and even even as an extra skill, if we're approaching this from Smash Tobia, um, activate it. Or just have it be a part of a uh, unique skill that Marshall has, um, where you hit opponents to a certain beat with your standards, with your sides, and I mean with your specials, and you can rack up extra damage. You can rack up status effects, and it would be difficult to to latch onto because you have to hit to an an an, uh, an internal beat. Like you're not, you're gonna have to like say Marshall punches. Maybe you'll get a get a time off with a metronome or, or a sound effect like that, like chimes go off, someone shakes uh, snow bells, um, you know, sleigh bells in the background. And then uh, you're like, oh, okay, I landed a punch. And you like, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And you, hit, and you uh, approach it from that angle. You have a very basic rhythm that, that is a universal uh, code for racking up combos with Marshall. Um, and that's... That's kind of what I was uh, thinking in regards to that. Um, otherwise, I would approach Marshall from just pulling from various mini games in Rhythm Heaven to make up all of his moves, his standards as well. But just just kind of uh, going more towards specials. You can you can derive from the chorus kids for sure. Having having Marshall let out that uh, gorgeous screech that they have coming from their gut. Um, for sure, and and uh, have music notes fall from fall uh, from fall from the mouths and everything like chorus kids do. But the benefit of Marshall is that because he's an ubiquitous character, you can pull from a lot more than just chorus kids. Uh, you can have Marshall uh, airboarding. You can have Marshall. Uh, hell, you can incorporate other characters like at, because Marshall's a tutorial character. You can have him incorporate something like the uh, rhythm wrestler and reporter somewhere in his move set you can have him bring in uh miss uh, miss ribbon could be an alternate costume probably maybe cam could be an alternate costume um there is just a lot that you can pull from oh and the rhythm girl of course too there's a lot that you can pull into from rhythm heaven that pulls back to marshall with the rhythmic uh gimmick at the center it would just be a fun character to play as and uh, that's my initial pitch. So here's a question I have about Marshall. You mentioned how mm -hmm. uh, 
it makes sense to have a rhythmic approach to how he fights, and I absolutely agree. But do oh, you yeah. think that this uh, this rhythm pattern would be the same for any attack that starts the combo? Like, if he does uh, based a combo, is that going to be the <laughs> one, two, three? But if maybe he does an up smash, it's like a one, two, three, or whatever another rhythm could be. I'm not a music guy, as we both know, so I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I'm not up on rhythms. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like, I think a character like that could be a real good uh, sort of tutorial for how to do combos. Mm-hmm. For, for people who uh, kind of just, like, mash buttons and fight randomly, a character like Marsh could be like, hey, you know, he takes a little bit to learn him, but he's a good way mm-hmm. to learn, hey, here here's some easy combos that this character is built to teach you how to use. Mm-hmm. And maybe he has... Uh, one combo speed with one move, a completely different kind of combo with a different move. Maybe his aerials work some way. And I'm assuming that most of all of his moves are references to the various minigames. Like, I think you said there was one mm-hmm. about uh, snowboarding or something. And that would make sense to have him twirl around in the air with the snowboard while, with, for an aerial move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I At first, I thought that we would just have that universal rhythm that would be in a way easier so that way you're only you're only approaching it from one angle but if you approach it from the other angles now that you mentioned it that does sound like something that uh sakura would approach his development from um and definitely it would it would add another another layer to the character it would be nothing too over the top but it would it would be a fairly uh you know a, a, a random fun character to play as like uh similar in build and and maybe even style the Mr. Game and Watch. And that's another thing, too. If Marshall were included in the game, I think that we can approach him. Like, Rhythm Heavens has such a such a nice style. I can I can presume that maybe he would come in, in that 2D hand-drawn form. That yeah. would be that would be fun. That would be nice. Similar in a way to if Cuphead were ever somehow in the game as an assist trophy or anything else, we would want him in that style. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I can, uh, I can see that. An, an alternative to, the, to that idea as well is maybe it's not um, different attacks create different combos to build off of, but maybe mm-hmm. uh, there's like an extra skill or a down special. He has rhythm swap, similar to Shulk, where you know, he can swap between different uh, stat boosts at a time, but rhythm swap would be like, okay, so your base default is that one, two, three, but now you use rhythm swap and now it's like one, two, three, or you use rhythm mm-hmm. swap again and it's one, two, three, four. Maybe have, maybe have like, I kind of think maybe three three different rhythms is probably what you want to circle around for that kind of a concept. But that could mm-hmm. be, you could really mix things up with that. And your, yeah. your opponent really won't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. And you can always have it, no matter what the combo is, you have it linked up. Where if you land it successfully, a little little chime goes off or another sound effect. Yep. Will let you know that you're on the rhythm. Uh, no, that would be a very good way to, to bring it in. One uh, one other thing I was thinking of. Uh, when people talk about Marshall in the community, they always come back to Nightwalk. Uh, so I wanted to touch on that too. Was it's just like the final credits for um, Rhythm Heaven Fever on on the Wii, and it was it was an uh iconic to the series mm-hmm. um where marshall is is floating around on on a not necessarily the entire time but he's holding balloons on in the beginning and jumps in and he's hopping on platforms like mario 
there's a way that you can incorporate that into his final smash, I think. Just it's um I'm not sure how you'd quite start it, but just have Marshall on one side of the screen and have the entire uh floor become uh akin to Nightwalk in in the game and and uh as he's moving up these platforms, uh, opponents are damaged every time he hits a certain beat. Like you have to keep up with the rhythm of Nightwalk at uh, uh throughout the screen. And uh, and then it's similar to a pile block when you when you jump on the platform, or maybe he's uh, in a singular place. I'm not sure quite how it worked, but there would be a, certainly a, the music track would come over and and uh, you'd play to the rhythm, and then every time he lands a perfect rhythm, opponents are sent flying a little further, uh, hurt a little more, or at least that's a basic idea, uh, an idea that a lot of people have had, honestly. The the core idea being. Take Donkey Kong's Final Smash from Brawl and Smash 4 and make it good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Holy crap, <laughs> that was one of the worst. Got better in Smash mm -hmm. 4, mm -hmm. but dear God. Yeah, and then uh, if there's ever a funky Echo, they can give him a better version of that too. Hmm, yes. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think uh, unless there's anything that you have uh, in mind for Marshall off the top of your head, I think we can give Ribbon Girl her fair shake too. Before jumping to Rip and Girl, there is one last thing that I really want to say about uh, about Marshall here, and it really builds off the idea I had for having him have a, uh, a rhythm swap move. Is that if you do this rhythm swap and you give him like say three different kinds of rhythms that can that he can build off of, in a way you have three different move sets but with the same move set. It's just depending on mm -hmm. what rhythm you're going with is going to completely alter how Marshall would play, which mm -hmm. could make for a very interesting and versatile move set without changing anything about the moveset, which is genius. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. You, you just called yourself a genius, but you can't deny it. I mean, I am a genius. We know this. <laughs> okay, okay. R Ribbon Girl. Ribbon Girl, what do you got? All right, so Ribbon Girl. Before <laughs> discussing really Ribbon Girl herself, I want to talk about ARMS. So mm -hmm. ARMS is a, uh, I'd say, third-person fighting game. Where you're fighting, it's it's an arena fighter, but you're essentially doing like over the shoulder of whoever you're playing as. Everybody mm -hmm. in the game has these stretchable limbs that they just punch out, and it goes all across the stage, with the exception for like two characters, where it's like one uses the robot suit and one of them has stretchy hair. I I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's like okay, whatever Nintendo. But the whole point of the game is that they they have a boxing franchise. And mm -hmm. they fight each other with their extendable limbs. And everybody has three sets of, well, what they call arms. Which uh, they can swap out. They can equip different ones for their fights. Mix and match. And they're using these as their weapons. Every character has three different distinct arms that they use. But a lot of the arms are just uh, elemental variances on the same idea. So, um, mm -hmm. Ribbon Girl, for example, have Sparky which is basically just like a regular old boxing glove, but it has the electric element added to it. He's got Popper, which is essentially like a, a party popper that you would pull out and shoot confetti from. But what this weapon does is uh, it actually shoots out three projectiles that go farther away, and they kind of like twist around each other. And it's a little bit harder to dodge when three projectiles are coming at you at once, and the popper has the wind attribute on it. And then she's also got the Slapamander, which is quite is really one of my favorites uh mm -hmm. it's 
it's it's a, like a longer glove. Well, this one has a fire element to it that kind of like snakes itself around the arena, trying to get around a character who's trying to be all sneaky and dodgy, and it just really slaps them across the face. Let's get but, slappy. Well, sure. But like th those are <laughs> those are the weapons Ribbon Girl uses. But then there's also Springman, who if I can bring up what he has real quick. Okay, so yeah, like Springman has Toaster, which is the same thing as Sparky, but it's fire, and he's got mm -hmm. Boomerang, which shoots a boomerang i mean pretty simple there <laughs> and it curves through the air with a wind attribute and he's got tribalt which shoots off like uh small electric uh little darts that are that will shoot back to his glove after they've been fired for with a mm -hmm. stun element on added onto him so all these characters have these different kinds of uh weapons that they use to fight each other with and as you're playing the game you can unlock more weapons to uh, use with your character so I could unlock the Boomerang to use with uh, Ribbon Girl. I could unlock the Slap Commander to use with Spring Man. Mm -hmm. So each character has that little bit of individuality, but at the same time, any character can uh, can use any arms so long as they've unlocked them while playing the game. Mm -hmm. On top of that, the only other thing that makes characters unique at all to each other besides their actual <laughs> designs, that each of them has an ability of sorts. Some of these abilities are quite a bit different from each other, such as Helix, mm -hmm. a stretchy character, can, you know, stretch himself really high. Why? I really don't know. He just can. But Ribbon Girl, <laughs> honestly, despite the fact that I had chosen her for uh, for this Master Dash, her ability is one of the most boring. Basically, she's just better in the air. That's that's mm -hmm. really it. She gets extra mid-air jumps, she can air dash twice, and she also has a fast fall to go back to the ground. Other characters don't have that. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that compares to Springman, who is really the only other uh, uh, most likely choice to be added into Smash from ARMS. And his abilities are just, oh, he has better parries. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Both the main characters have the most boring abilities. Fantastic. Although, to be fair, Master <laughs> Mummy is basically, oh, I have super armor. Mm hmm awesome yeah that's true that's true so, so uh, i think the best no you go well, on yeah i have i have a bit more to say here don't don't just interrupt me too yet but uh like all the arms fighters so you know, Chucky they, have Finster. These... No. Um... they all have these different punches but they they can block they can grab you <clears throat> they can uh grab and then do a combo they can dunk you in a basketball hoop because apparently that's a mode in the game is playing basketball with arms like, okay, yeah, not great. <laughs> but uh, that mm -hmm. Ribbon Girl herself, there's not a whole lot to her that really distinguishes her from the other characters. None of the other characters really have much that distinguishes them. Beyond, like, they're, you, some of them have better unique abilities. I did I did a moveset for her on Smashtopia, and if I'm being honest, it was one of the hardest movesets I put together, just because, for one thing, I was having trouble envisioning how her long punches would work. But on top of that, there just didn't feel like there was a lot to her that made her that interesting. Mm hmm Your take. My take is the best thing that Riven Girl has going for her might arguably be the fact that she has a Santa outfit. What? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a Santa style outfit that she that she has that you can wear in the game. <laughs> I'm seeing artwork, <laughs> promotional art of her in a Santa, mm -hmm. but when I'm looking at what her actual skins are in the game, 
Uh, no, they are all recolored just like every other character. Where are you seeing actual Santa outfit in-game for, for Riven Girl? Uh, the arms wiki? I'm looking at the arms wiki. No, it, it doesn't. It, it says right off the top. Oh, other outfit she wears includes a long-sleeved white shirt, uh, a model, an outfit modeled after Santa's, dark gray pajamas. I'm like, what? No, trust me. Oh, I, um... okay, I see where you're looking, under the appearance section. Oh, that, that, that doesn't yeah. say that's in-game, though, because, uh, like, you, looking at the promotional arts down at the bottom of that page, you see her mm -hmm. in a Santa outfit, and you see her wearing these other clothing and, oh, like, okay. casual, ca casual wear, but her in-game outfits, she's only got four. Got it. Well, in Smash, you can you can have those four standard outfits, and then maybe you can include these uh, these more promotional outfits, kind of like how we got... Uh, we got we've got some out there outfits in the past. Oh hell yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm down yeah. for it. Absolutely. Uh, other than that, um, really, what's what's on Riven Girl's side is just having the unique uh, ability to have all that far reach yeah. with the arms. Um, when I'm thinking about that, how you can angle the arms in certain directions, probably with uh, just even standard moves, it could be an interesting character to, character to take on. Learning how to maneuver with with this these uh these stretchy limbs is uh would be unique to the game it would there would, would be enough to differentiate her from from a bruiser like little mac for sure um a far more technical character but but nothing nothing too crazy at the same time um other other than that in all honesty there's there's uh to me not not too much going for her. She she has a cool she has a nice design. Certainly uh, more panache than Springman. Uh, swapping between Sparky, Popper, and Slap Amanda, I'd imagine, would be a good extra skill for her, and yeah. uh, that that could change up her 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 moves quite a bit. Where you can have the Slap Amanda to maneuver around and and slap people with some uh, fire effects, or the Popper or the Sparky, they all they all can work very similar to how they will in Arms. But I'm just thinking back to ARMS when I played it um, and just thinking about how it's one of the only Switch games. I think the only Switch game, actually, that I've actually let go of. <laughs> it, and, and, it honestly did not yeah. do well with its sales. Um, mm -hmm. Comparatively speaking, they, they tried hyping it up much like they did with Splatoon. And it had a similar uh, update re release model that they did for Splatoon 1 and for mm -hmm. Splatoon 2. Which, great, I love that they did free content for it and a whole bunch of extra characters. Mm -hmm. But the game, it just didn't take off as well. And I don't know if it's because of marketing or if it's just because of how the controls were or there wasn't proper balancing with it or the fact that they added yeah. the basketball mode as a required mode in the campaign. Or maybe the <laughs> game just wasn't good. I'm not sure. Right. But they were... Yeah. I think it was a variety of things that caused the game not to perform as well. Yeah, for me it was, for me it was just gameplay. It, yeah, it, it wasn't. They were never going to grasp um, players like they did with Splatoon with a one v one game to begin with. But especially when it's it's a pretty bare bones experience like Arms is when you get when you break it down to the standard gameplay. Yep, uh, it's just it's not a fun loop in my opinion, and that's uh, so I, I have a kind of sour taste in my mouth. But I I still do appreciate some of the characters from. From arms like uh, like Miss and Go and and Ribbon Girl and Helix, I appreciate their designs. I appreciate them, uh, and I can appreciate her being playable in Smash. It wouldn't be my top choice for for a new franchise, 
Um, I kind of feel like we're we're probably not going to see arms ever again. Um, so I'm I'm not really entirely sure if she'll ever get her chance now that she hasn't had it in Ultimate. Right. But um, even now with additional DLC, I think that ARMS has had its time. And we've seen that it's just kind of fallen to the wayside. So I'm not extremely uh, hyped about about her. And I think we had some great discussion about Rhythm Heaven, and you've helped me flesh out an idea to bring Marshall into a greater space. So right now I'm, I'm leaning Marshall, but I don't want to jump ahead of myself uh, like I did with Tetra versus Ganon. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to uh, hear if you have any other sort of discourse to present that might lean this any other direction. So what I'll say first with Griffin Girl is since we went over a move set for Ganon that we had put on Smashtopia, and we'd done that priorly with uh, Balloon Fighter as well, I figured I'd go over what we have on Smashtopia with her as well. Mm-hmm. So first of all, uh, for her extra skill, we do have an arms exchange type move where she she starts out default with the with the sparky weapon, uh, which has uh, electrical properties to it. And uh, I'm trying to look at this. It, it has higher attack power of her three arms, but the range is considered medium in comparison to the three. Then she's mm-hmm. got the popper, which has the shortest range, uh, and its attack power is in the medium is in the middle of the three of them as well. Has wind properties and it will cause a wind box effect to occur when it makes contact with something, or when it reaches its max range, it can just push items or enemies away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, her third wet arm is the slap commander, which has the longest reach of her three arms, but also the lowest attack power. Had to balance it somehow, but it also comes out faster than both of the other two arms, and it comes with a fire element as well, which can, which increases a small burst of fire when it uh, comes into contact with something. So her standard special move is just extendable punch. Very basic. She just, you know, extends one fist forward for a punch. But it's the longest mm-hmm. reaching melee attack in the game. Sorry, Belmont Bros, but your whips get beat with this one. <laughs> uh, you can charge up the move, but it does not increase the range of the attack. Instead, it just increases the damage, uh, both mm-hmm. in terms of percent and in knockback. Uh, default is, of course, Sparky, and if Kirby were to absorb Ribbon Girl, then for his version of the standard special, he would only have the Sparky. Got it. Uh, side special is Ribbon Twirl, which is very, very similar to Mega Man's Sash Attack being top spin, where she spins around with ribbons flirting around her, except, mm-hmm. you know, it's a side special and not, you know, Dash Attack. But that's mm-hmm. really only it. Uh, opponents get minuscule damage, but it is multiple hits, so they can be carried along with her, taking multiple hits of damage. Uh, a mm-hmm. special I have is Hoop Stunk, which uh, a small v- version of the firebomb item from uh, ARMS will appear. Uh, Ribbon Girl will grab it, she'll jump up in the air, and then she'll spike it downwards. Well, not necessarily spike it, but she'll, she'll toss it down, and on impact with the platform or another fire, boom, fire, explodes. Which, mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, is kind of similar to what we came up with for Gengar Shadow Ball. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yep. Well, then. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Uh, for her down special, I call it I call it block and charge. So her arms mm-hmm. will be crossed in front of her. Uh, this is basically like a counter attack move. She she's getting ready to block an attack, and I'm let's see here. If she gets attacked with it, she will charge up some energy, and there will be a small gauge displayed next to her damage. If she charges mm-hmm. up enough energy, she can expend it. But if she holds up the shield for too long, it'll go from blue to red, and then you know break, and you can't mm-hmm. use the move for a short time. Uh, when you charge up the gauge. Uh, you only need to take about 25% damage uh, to the shield. 
And when she uses it, the very next time she uses extendable punch, you do not need to charge it at all. Just a simple tap, and the move will be as strong as it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. So it boosts up her standard there a little bit. Her photo smash is really the super attack that all arms characters have, because they all have the same one, really. Rush. Uh, she mm -hmm. gets a yellow aura around her, and she just starts doing crazy, rapid, long-range punches. Uh, depending on the arms, it'll have like a slightly different effect. It's mm -hmm. really just like a like a more focused. I'm trying to. It's more like more. It's more or less like a beam final smash, except she's just punching really fast, really far. That's really. Oh, got it. it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, and one one other thing that I thought of while you're talking about that that would be a benefit to her character is that her her special skills in arms, although they aren't like the most exciting would be easily translatable into Smash. Oh, absolutely. So would, uh, yeah, so that fast fall down, having, I think, four total jumps, that's all stuff that could be to the benefit of the character in Smash and, and add a little bit of extra gusto to playing Esther. That would make her more fun. Um, what I think, um, as far as detriment go, as far as detriments go, rather, would be like, you've come up with a good moveset that works for her. But uh, at the same time, a lot of it is, you know, uh, fairly basic, if that's fair to say, where, oh, you, have, fair. Uh, where you have uh, her extended punch being a standard special. It works. It's what she does. But then you think about what would happen with her standard moves. They would all pretty much just be shorter range. variations of punches we've already seen that are shorter range. So, yep. so, we, so we've pretty much expended that. Whereas with Marshall, you have a barrage of mini games across a an entire franchise of games to to pull from to build out a standard moveset. So there is that. Um, other than that, I don't really think I have much more to say on, on Ribbon Girl. How about you? The only thing I have more to say is what I would want to say when making my vote. That you are the great president of this United States. I hope not. <laughs> Okay, well, what was it that you're going to say instead, then? Uh, well, are we ready to move on to selecting who our, uh, who our winner is from this Master Dash? I think so. I think okay. so, if you're feeling confident about it. So, this is where I stand on it. On the one side, we have a character who is just one of multiple multiple characters that could represent the same game. Well, okay, I said that, and that could apply to both characters, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, one of them is... It's a it's a it's a mini game of mini games, very much like WarioWare. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's truly unique to the character themselves. There's nothing mm -hmm. truly unique to the Ribbon Girl character themselves, and compared to everyone else. Oh look, she has an extra midair jump. Cool. Oh look, <laughs> Marshall doesn't have a bow tie like the chorus kids. Mm -hmm. Cool. They they both have this element to them, but I think what what really differentiates the two of them for me. Not even the fact that Ribbon Girl doesn't have a whole lot of uh, unique coolness with what she can do as a fighter, whereas Marshall does. What it really comes down to for me is that ARMS, in my opinion, was a failure. The game did not perform. <laughs> oh. People thought, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going there. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the game was a failure. It did not perform to, I think, what Nintendo was really hoping for. It has its fans. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you love the game, hey, go play the game. I did not enjoy the game. Now that did Jonah from what he's been saying. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
it, it, it's only had one year of DLC and it really had a quiet finish, whereas Splatoon 1 and 2 had big finales for them. They, they had like their mm-hmm. weird like voting contest system as it was winding down. Sure, whatever. But ARMS, I one, I don't think we will ever see again. I do not mm-hmm. ever see a world where we have an ARMS 2. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people seem to think that uh, when Ultimate was announced, that, oh my god, we are guaranteed to get an ARMS up. We are going to get Spring Yeah, it's going to happen. Like, And I'm just thinking to myself, guys, for one thing, the game wasn't that good. For another thing, mm-hmm. ARMS is too recent to have a playable character in Smash. The, the, these people thought we were guaranteed to get an ARMS up from that. We were guaranteed to get Rex. Now, granted, we mm-hmm. would have gotten Rex from Xenoblade 2 if it had released just a little bit sooner. But mm-hmm. ARMS came out even after that game. I'm pretty sure. Could be wrong. I'm not I'm wrong not sure. that I think about it. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a time to give up. I kind of want to look it up, though. Or actually, I, mm-hmm. I really do want to look it up. ARMS released. I think ARMS came out before it. Okay, ARMS released June 16, 2017. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it was like December. Yeah, December 1st, 2017. So, ARMS yeah. technically might have been uh, eligible. But where the reason why I think Sakurai would never have picked on for Smash Ultimate is because at the time when he would have been completing the project plan for the game, it was in a completely untested IP. Yes, we've gotten characters uh, in Smash that were picked solely based off their concept art and before the game released. These were characters like Corrin, technically had released in Japan. Well, I don't, actually, I don't know if when he decided to pick Corrin if it had released in Japan or not. But the game hadn't released in America yet. We got Roy. His game hadn't been released anywhere when Melee was released. And also, mm-hmm. Greninja and Incineroar were picked based off concept art before those Pokemon games were out either. Before those games were done. Mm-hmm. But that's Pokemon and Fire Emblem. Two tried and tested franchises that are... Well, granted, Fire Emblem has had its popularity wane a couple times. But Pokemon has been going strong from day one. So, yeah, I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary to get a Pokemon rep chosen from before that game's even released. But a brand new game mm-hmm. of an IP that's never existed that you don't know how it's going to perform? Ha! Ha! Those people were kidding mm-hmm. themselves. Let's be honest. ARMS, yeah. never going to see it again. Never going to get a playable rep in Smash. I don't care to see a playable rep in Smash. I'm going Marshall. I don't care. <laughs> um, I almost want to play devil's advocate here, but I mean, yeah, we're going Marshall. That is pretty much all there is to it. Yeah, Arms Arms was fun for a very brief period of time for me. There were too many problems with the game from 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 just its initial makeup with with uh, with all the characters being homogenous towards each other. Really, uh, there's only so much you can do between having those swappable arms it, it was even with all the new characters it's it's a very samey game and a little too difficult with the with the computer with the computers screw Ninjara screw him so yeah, bad yeah exactly exactly it's it's just after a little while you, you spend a few hours with it you're like oh yeah this is pretty cool the characters are charming kind of has this almost overwatchy feel to it but then it's like eh you know, it becomes bland very quickly. Yep. In my opinion. Like, so I, I played it long enough to complete the championship with each of the base roster characters because completionist mm-hmm. in me. I played a little bit of the online just to test it out. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I don't need to play this type of game. Yeah. And it's like, I, exactly. I know I'm, I'm not, I know I'm harping a lot on the game. And mm-hmm. 
it gets clear I did not enjoy it. And if you did, hey, that's great for you. Go play ARMS. If you want Ribbon Girl and Smash or Master Mummy or Twin Tail or whoever, I would cheer choose for the character you want. I, I would choose <laughs> Kid Cobra out of actually no, I'll choose Masango out of those. He he's the one yeah. that has the most uniqueness as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But um like if you if you love the game, you you love the game. No, I got I don't got an issue with that. But mm-hmm. I just I just don't see it in Smash. I really don't. I don't see it working too well. Yeah. We we got a Spring Man Assist trophy, and you know what? I think that's all the game deserves. And I'm I think there's e- there's even a chance that if we're cutting assist trophies in the next in the next game, Springman could be out easily. I mean, he could, but honestly, I would be okay with Springman sticking around because at least his assist trophy is different than some others. Yeah, like he, he's, yeah, he's got I'm, some I'm unique. He he works in a little bit of a unique way. I I like his. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. works. And they made well, they made him small, like little max size, to explain mm-hmm. why he doesn't have crazy crazy range, which good. Yep. Certain other yep. assist trophies, like you know, Captain, those can go. Uh, yeah, him and the oh. arcade bunny for sure. Yes. <laughs> I and I hate I hate assist trophies that and items in general too that are so cheap that if you get trapped in them, there's almost no chance of escape. I think with Captain, it's pretty much a guaranteed KO. No, no, it's the the worst thing about Captain isn't even that it's a guaranteed KO if you can't escape, but. Even if you dodge out of the way and he misses, he goes off screen. He just keeps coming back and back mm-hmm. and back. You know the beetle item, annoying, but once it's gone, it's gone. Uh, the arcade money, only that that claw is only going to come down a total of three times, and it's fairly easy to dodge. Captain, oh dear God, <laughs> get the hell out! Yeah, just just move Captain up to playable and make that his final smash. Yeah. Right <laughs> Yeah, coming at you with the next Smasher Desk. Cap'n versus Chucky. Okay, um... <laughs> but with that said, um, there's there's always... We, we're, we're not hitting a tiebreaker this time around. It was it was a cool anomaly to have it happen with the, with the first one, but I'm glad we're on the same page here. Yes. Um, but really, there's always there's always a chance for, for discourse and opinion. So if you want to jump into our Discord channel, Facebook, YouTube comments, jfrom.com, wherever you want to talk to us about what your thoughts are on the on the episode please do please do uh you know help us out and 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 chat with us and and help our analytics by by commenting and it'll and tell us who you would choose if you were choosing between tetra and ganon or ribbon girl and marshall yeah and hey, and, and if you what was that uh, i was about to say like well we had a tie last episode so we asked for tiebreaker votes but just because we don't have a tie doesn't mean you can't cast your own votes on which mm-hmm. characters you would like to see in Smash. Please yeah, exactly. tell us who you would prefer. Or in, in, if you think of additional arguments either for or against the character, we'd love to see mm-hmm. them. Uh, you can either send them to us uh, by commenting on, as Jono said, uh, on JFrom or on YouTube, but we've got, we've got the Discord server as well. It's, it doesn't have a whole lot of activity right now, but we'd love to uh, we'd love to have interaction with you guys. And any, any question that you had to ask, like, well, we had a viewer uh, earlier this week that was that asked some questions that uh, I, I enjoyed answering. It's like, yeah, please give us some stuff. I'd love I love that kind of communication and uh, Me too. theorizing and speculating that that's that's what I love the most about Smash. Not even playing it. I just like coming up with ideas and theorizing on how things could work in the future. I think. We can both probably say that Smash speculation is one of the like top three things that we think about 
Oh yeah. Period. I yeah, mean, yeah. there's Smash speculation, then there's like, what do I eat and what do I drink? The and end. then there's, well, how would a Pokemon game work in Italy? Oh yeah. There's that too, and hey. we'll uh, yeah. <laughs> I really want to make that into something. Hmm. Hmm. There's been a lot of my mind that has been that has been preoccupied by Rugrats lately as well. Well, Gee, what a shocker that you're referencing Chucky in every other conversation we have <laughs> for like the past yeah, don't month. T- don't feel too bad. It's not just in these episodes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, coming next though is is an exciting time for Supercast Brothers because we're oh, going to have yes. our first guest on, and we're going to take things back to the E3 presentation that changed everything, aren't we? By going back with everyone is here for our next on topic, a retrospective. The 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 best Smash uh, trailer we've ever had. Which, to be fair, it was like ninety five percent of the E three trailer we had that year. It's like, oh hey, mm-hmm. we have a Nintendo Direct for E three. Uh, it's got five. It's got like forty <laughs> minutes of Smash Ultimate coverage and five minutes of everything else. Yeah, I think Under- we got like Super Mario so. Party, and it's like, eh. Yeah, like, understandably so, the non-Smash fans were pissed. I get it. Mm-hmm. But, our, but the Smash fans, we were living it up. Oh, yeah. That was the time to be alive. Holy moly. But enough about that for now, because we got to save that hype for the next time when we bring our first guest on and the three of us uh, talk at you with extreme enthusiasm. Oh, yes. And in the meantime, I think that we have just about wrapped it up. So thanks for listening, uh, as always, and we hope to see you around next time. We're signing out. Hang on, i got to get my shovel. I'm digging a grave for arms. <laughs> nice. Done. Done. What was, what was the timestamp on that, on that gaffe? Uh, the time save on the gap was at about minute 53. Okay. <laughs>